Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Dave Pendleton. Dave, when's the last time you was in the Hubcast room? Um, yeah, probably during lockdown, I reckon, like April or even before that, maybe. Wow, no way. Yep. Well, me and Spencer broke the duck yesterday. We've been uh, a bit silent lately for obvious reasons, but we're back. And uh, I wanted to get you in today, Dave, to uh, pick your brains on something. Um, I think it, it, lockdown's been uh, uh, strange for us. The whole COVID thing's been strange in the fact that we're really busy. Uh, and we've had requests for not just the general work we do around leadership and management and sales, et cetera, but we've 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 started to go into an industry and we've started to put together a program and deliver training in a, an area traditionally we never delivered before. Uh, you've been at the forefront of that with me in terms of the creation. Of course, you've delivered um, a lot of these programs and it's around behavioral safety. So I wanted to get you in the podcast room, Dave, to to talk through what we're doing and what our approach is and why we're receiving such great feedback and, and why it's working. But just before I do that, let me set the scene. T2, the people performance people here at you know Trans2 Performance, we are very, very well known for our performance-based psychology stuff in the areas of leadership, management, personal development, exec coaching, et cetera. We focus on things like emotional intelligence, the human brain, um, why we think, feel, act, and behave, how we can be better, best version of ourselves etc. Um, so we've never traditionally, Dave, been in the behavioral safety arena. However, we worked with a company who loved what we did and they said, could we put something together to deliver a human factors workshop where we take the concepts of the social brain on and uh, of behaviors um, of unconscious motivators, right, of trigger points of drivers? And how do we make, make people um, become aware of who they are in the context of safety at work. And and that sort of mirrored our philosophy, didn't Dave? Because we've been talking about this for a number of years now, and we fundamentally believe that safety meant different things to different people. So you can't just go on a safety course, a general health and safety course, or a, any safety course, and, and everybody in the room can relevant can resonate with the same content. We was like, well, depending on how you're wired and what your personality styles are and your gaps are, it means you're going to have different challenges and different blind spots when it comes to safety. So we put together, didn't we, Dave, a program of, of, of some of our content and we designed a human factors workshop and we've recently delivered it to a huge organization um, in Orsted, the um, you know the offshore wind turbine mm-hmm. organization, renewables, renewables sector. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to r- roll that program out into several other sectors that, that focus on safety. So I just wanted to pick your brains, Dave, and I think the first question I've got for you is, you've delivered the majority of these programs so far for T2. How has it gone? Is it completely different to the core work that we've done in the past? Does it link nicely, or is there that additional element where when considering safety, it has to be entirely bespoke to each individual based on their role? I think that's my first question. I know there's a lot in there, Dave, but what's your first thoughts on it all? Yeah, well, I think my first thought is very simply that I don't think it's anything different than we do before. It's just it's just evolution almost. Rather than addition, it's evolution. Because as you mentioned at the beginning of the intro, a lot of what we do is around 
performance and human performance and trying to get people to understand how they can perform differently in their world from their perspective, but also how how that can affect other people's performance through positivity rather than negativity, you know, the power of, of collaboration rather than competition and all that kind of cool stuff. And people automatically get it because of the language you use, because of the content that we use, and I, I guess the way that we position it uh, and help and, and help other people position it in their world. So I suppose this behavioral safety piece is, is a natural evolution of that because essentially we're talking about performance. Hmm. So when people can perform at their absolute utmost positive mental self is when they're much more likely to avoid potential safety problems. Yeah. And, and, w- and it doesn't actually matter how they are programmed because as we know, some people are programmed much more towards rules and towards black and white and to follow procedure and some people less so. Bit like myself, as you all know, um, but it, it's it's the, the work that we're doing, particularly with the Austed guys, is it, just getting them to understand that even though they are rule followers, they do like to know black and white and, and that the process and procedure in place. It's actually just when they're in a bad mood, is there some potential for them to be distracted? Yeah, and it's the distraction piece that we focus on. And what we'll come to is that you know, although that everybody's got the potential to become distracted and to become their shadow self, as we call it, which then puts them in a state of mind where they're more susceptible to breaching safety. Mm. The blind spots of the way they would breach it are very different. So as we'll come to on this podcast, that um, some people, for example, um, their their biggest risk of breaching safety is when they are bored or complacent. Mm. Whereas some people their biggest risk of breaching safety is when they're overly tight, tense, and anxious Triggered. And, and worried mm. yeah, or angry and frustrated. Mm. So using the methodology that we use, we do a massive self-awareness piece first on who are you. Mm-hmm. So to do human factors, behavioral safety, we are finding that you've got to understand who the individuals are first mm-hmm. before you transition into the safety piece. Because then when you transition into the safety piece, they can put it into the context of them and their world Correct, and yeah. their blind spots. And Correct. I think that's the big differentiator with us at the minute, isn't it? So, for example, we use the um, we do all the education around the social brain and the human uh, the, the innate human functions of survival. You know, we do all of that educational piece, don't we? And build up to um, then doing what well, we use the print profiling tool, don't we, to uncover people's mm-hmm. unconscious motivators. So, mm-hmm. who are you and what drives your behaviour? Yeah. And then and only then do you transition into let's have a look at safety and have a look at where your blind spots might be. But we only do that after we've done the educational piece, don't sure, we? absolutely. And, and I think that's been the game changer, Dave. I think that's what, I mean, for example, I don't mind sharing it and saying it, some of the feedback we've had on, on the human factors training in regards to safety is some of these people have been doing safety training for the best part of 25 years, both in the military and in mm-hmm. the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And they have said it. This is in terms of what we're doing is the best safety training, the most relevant and applicable safety training that they have ever done. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it because of that independent sort of personalised approach, or do you think you know? Is there a few things going on there? Well, I think we've we've touched on a couple of the fundamentals, uh, and I mean to be clear, we're not a health and safety organisation. That's not what we do. So we can't tell people where their blind spots are. All we can do is say, this is potentially where they are. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. That, that is a salient point because we're giving you the knowledge on you, the human. So let's let's stay in our lane. Our lane is human Correct. development and self-awareness. So mm-hmm. 
with our safety training, we're saying, right, let's focus on you, the human, and, and uncover who you are, what your potential blind spots are there Correct. for, but you've got to drive mm, in the context of your right. role where this might happen. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit around how you would draw that out? How would you draw out with, say you've got 12 people in a room. Yeah. How do you draw out? And they're all different. Some are technicians, some are, some are forklift operators, some work in the, in the warehouse. How do you draw out them correlating the dots between where their blind spots might be? Well, I mean, I guess there are, there are three, one, two, three, three or four main topics that we cover through the day. Um, and the, the, first, the first topic is, is around language and, and different types of mindset and how we can influence different types of mindset simply by using different types of language. Now, that's not a new session to us. You know, we've been running that session for 18 months, maybe a little longer. So we understand the need for communication to be positive and to be clear and sometimes to be directive, which isn't always negative either, by the way. Um, and that actually we control all of that stuff. I, I describe that as having the ability to send either positive ripples across the pond or negative ripples across the pond. Like it. Because so, the way the vibrations that I make, i.e. the way that I communicate to you and the rest of the team, will either send positive ripples across the pond or negative. And if we send negative, we, we're more likely to meet resistance. We're more likely to re receive negativity, which of course causes potential blind spots. Love it. So you start at the origins. So forget the tangible actions and activities people are carrying out which we'll come to, it, it's more about starting out with, it all starts with collaboration and communication. Sure. Because that in turn then puts certain people in a state of mind, which either makes them more focused on avoiding safety breaches or more susceptible to incurring them. Sure. That's what you're sort of making that point on. Yeah, I like Absolutely. it. Or just enhancing their own performance because the way, that it's, the way that a certain task has been allocated or communicated or some new instructions or so forth has been communicated in a way where people want to rise to the challenge as opposed to focus on the consequence. Yeah. Foc uh, yeah. Focus on the negativity of it. And we do a big piece on challenge and threat state on that, don't yeah. we? You know, if leaders overly communicate in organizations in a way, which is more dominant around what you should not do, i.e. consequence. And we've mm. all seen that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. You must never go in this yellow area. You mm. must never get caught mm. without your hard hat and high sure. vis on. Absolutely. You must, if, if all we do is reinforce the consequence of avoidance, then people are already going to be in a in a mindset where it's more likely to happen. Because they're thinking about something other than the task They're trying hand. to not mess up. And when human <laughs> exactly. beings are trying to not mess up, what do they do? They, they mess, up. mess up a little bit. So, so what we were saying on the comms piece at the start of this human factors program is let's focus on communicating those key salient messages mm -hmm. like you know what the rules and governance and structure are you, you, you're not saying avoid it what you're saying is you've got to concentrate on what you would rather them do or achieve mm -hmm. and not on what you want them to avoid Correct, yeah. and that's that subtle shift in language mm -hmm. and communication gets people to focus and rise to the challenge on what they need to do instead of on what they need to not do sure absolutely yeah. And, yeah. and when we run that task um you know with with these groups of guys and and ladies that we run the task and get them to model and shape a basic team briefing. Um, and, and we take, you know, five to 10 minutes just as a breakout and allow them to model a, a new type of team briefing using slightly different language. Uh, and I asked them very simply, was that easier or harder to do than normal? And the answer is always it's harder mm. because we've got to think about the words that we use 
and the effect that it could potentially have on other people. So getting our heads and brains around the difference between language that we might normally use and actually considering the language that we maybe need to use to have a slightly different effect. And we're only talking about slightly here, you know, not, not vast amounts of difference in some cases. They always say that it's, it's, it's harder. Even to the point where, interestingly, at lunchtime on a session last week, um, one of the most senior guys in the room says to me straight after lunch, he said, Dave, that's just resonated with me so much that I started to type an email to somebody at lunchtime. I reread the first three lines and then I deleted the email and picked up the phone instead. Because they were using threat state language. Yeah, yeah because they were using language that they would normally use. They were his words. Yeah. But actually, I paused to consider the effect that it would have on this person and their team. I didn't write the email and I picked up the phone and used different type of language. Brilliant. Love that. So, yeah, the, the starting point is for, for all of this is communication and, and language and positioning. So you can understand the ripple effects that you, you, you use Correct. in terms of that then can ripple on into people becoming in a state of mind where they're either more susceptible to safety mm. uh, situations and breaches or they're more focused on avoidance of it or, sure. or, or focused on what they want to achieve. Okay, so then you transition into, don't you, right? Let's, we've done the comms piece. Mm-hmm. We've, done the, we've done all of that. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at you as individuals. Mm-hmm. So then it transitions into... As we all, as we know here, different human beings are motivated by different biases and motivations. Mm-hmm. Through the formative years, through our experience in life, we see the world a certain way, and then that dri- forms our personality and drives drives our behavior in adulthood. Mm-hmm. So, in, what we devised, wasn't it, Dave? Was in order to um, pres- proceed to the the last bit, which is the blind spot stroke specific to your workplace activities bit. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. What's driving your behavior? Sure. And everybody's different. So we do the print profile. We yep. get them to complete a psychometric test before the human factors workshop. Mm-hmm. And then they arrive at the workshop. And after you've done that morning bit, it's then about revealing who they are, isn't it? Yep. And, and you know, what are you finding with that? Are you finding that people really resonate with the fact that actually I can now start to see that I'm wired in a different way to John sat next to me? And therefore, although we do the same job, potentially our blind spots are going to be different. Is that what you're generally finding and uncovering as you go through the the, the self-awareness piece? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And interestingly, it's not always about the motivators. I mean, there, there is, uh, in this current project, there is a high correlation of three or four motivators across all of the groups, which um, which is an, it would be an interesting piece of work to carry out with the recruitment team just to see if consciously or unconsciously that's type that's type that's yeah. the type of person they look for because we don't see do we dave generally we don't see organizations recruiting the same profile of people we generally if we do like 30 to 60 to 90 people in an organization and we psychometric test them they're all wonderfully weird and different yeah whereas you've done probably i would say you've done over 100 200 people at this organization yeah, 100 150 I think. yeah yeah so to have that many people with similar profiles yeah. yep either, similar mindsets similar either recruitment are doing something consciously yeah yeah or or it's just happening either ways it was weird how yeah a lot of them were wide but if you think about it if you're in the wind turbine renewables mm-hmm. industry and you're going offshore and having to be 200 foot up a wind ten- turbine you need to be wired in a certain way, right? So maybe it's it's unconsciously, but it's it's happening. Well, I think as well, there's a, a, a certain type of uh, person that would be attracted to a role like that because, I mean, the vast majority of the guys offshore are engineers. 
So they already have that sort of exacting way of thinking and behaving because that's what engineering is. Mm. It's precise. It's logical. It's black and white, you know? So I guess engineers are attracted to engineering jobs for those reasons. And therefore they will be wired in a certain way and carry similar motivations. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's been interesting to do the profiling then from the fact of giving the company real business intelligence back. So yeah, absolutely. this is yes, a value yeah. to the mm. company going, right, so this is our DNA. This is our blueprint yeah. for a technician or an engineer. Mm. If they all carry these one of these three motivations, unconscious motivators, then maybe we should incorporate the testing as part of the interview process because we know that these people typically do well in this role. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then, so then we do the, we, so we do the psychometrics, everybody, because yep. they are, and by the way, there is the odd anomaly, so they're not all identical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, sure. So you do get mm. then that variation of, okay, so you do the same job, you're wired very differently. Can mm. you see now how you would react in this situation versus this mm. person? So there's a real cool self-awareness educational piece that you do throughout the middle of the program. But what interests me, Dave, is what we design towards the back end. So you've gone through the communication piece, you've gone through the ripple effect, you've gone through... Um, challenge and threat state mindsets and how that manifests. And then you've gone through who are you and identifying mm. people's profiles. But then it's time to get really practical, isn't it? It's like, you know what you do in your role better than me. Because like you pointed out, we're not in the safety nope. industry primarily. We're, engineers in the, or, we're in the human performance yeah, and psychology industry. So you know what you do better than me. So let's devise a, a segment where we can introduce a theory, uh, a, an area, a diagram, a model, yeah. a model and we get you working within that model to input the activities and tasks which you believe learning what you've now learned throughout the rest of the day would put you in your blind spot, mm. which would put you in your state, which is more where you're more likely to breach safety. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the magical piece, isn't yeah, it? it? Because is. everybody in the room has different tasks and mm. activities and different blind spots. Yeah, uh, and this is this is by their own perception. This is not us telling them that when you are like this in this state, in this frame of mind, you will behave this way because that's not always the case. So again, we're passing the baton to the guys in the room and saying, you decide when when you are in this in this place or in this phase or this segment. Uh, and interestingly, I've heard quite a lot of dialogue from the group exercise that whilst you might have five or six guys who all do a very similar role at a very similar time, because they all work together, but not only work together, live together on ships, that that actually they become um, motivated and triggered by different things at different times. So you'll hear these really great um, periods of debate about when they're carrying out a certain task or a certain function or even a certain time of day. Um, some, of them, some of them will be experiencing boredom, but others will be experiencing control or relaxation in their mindset so that that shows the value of getting the guys to position it in their own world from their own point of view and perspective yeah. rather than us just making some kind of general statement and as always if they've come up with their their own blind spots they're more likely to own them and become accountable of for them rather than being given them and told these are your blind spots mm. right well, it instantly resonates yeah if they've decided that actually from the journey i've been on today and and looking at my profile, uh, look at, thinking about what you've said this morning about communication styles, about the challenge and threat state mindset, and now knowing how I'm wired, I can now see that when I'm carrying out these activities in my role, that is the potential mm. for, for when I'm going to be, you know, either not focused, mm. overly focused, distracted. too complacent, mm. too distracted, whatever it might be. Sure. 
And that's that's gold dust because they they like they are going to retain that going forward. Every single time they now carry out that task, that puts them in a state of complacency or boredom or relaxation mm-hmm. or puts them in a state of anxiety or worry or whatever it might be. Every time they carry out that task, it, it something will trigger mm. just to switch on or to make a subtle change. Sure. And that's what we're doing, isn't it? And then what we do is confidentially, without people putting names on, we can com- we can we can you know, record all of this input mm-hmm. of, of tasks and activities for general job roles and give it back to the leadership team. So we can say, you know, 120 technicians and engineers came through our human factors course. Of the 120, 80 of them all put this as an activity which puts them in a state of anxiety. Sure. So the organization can then go, so should we offer a little bit of support or training or some more protocol or something around that particular task or activity? Mm. Because 80% of our engineers are struggling with it. Sure. And that's real business intelligence that comes back as a result of the the, the, the breakouts that we run. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we, we can create a really interesting sequence of events where there's a, sh- a really short exercise that I do in the afternoon which is just getting the guys to think about what conditions, factors, resources, basically anything they can think of. I ask them to listen down on a piece of paper in terms of what factors need to be in place to ultimately have a safe working environment. So the guys come up with things like tools for the job, resources, manpower, time, enough time to be able to carry out certain things, enough time on the job. So if the guys are experiencing weather days and they're not, at sea carrying out the tasks that they're supposed to be carrying out, they got to roll over. So there's certain things still need to be carried out, but they have less time. Uh, Rest is a really good one because these guys are working 12 hour shifts on a a two week um, rolling rots, two weeks on, two weeks off. So, so one of the really great correlations that we seem to see with with a specific group of, of engineers is that when they're coming towards the end of their two week shift and they've been working 12 hours, and maybe they've had to work a little bit more because of weather, weather downtime and so on and so forth. Um, if, if certain tools are missing, so they're having to make do with other tools, they are fatigued because they've not slept enough because the seas have been rough, which doesn't create a great environment for rest. Um, maybe, maybe they've not eaten as well as they should and drank as much as they should in terms of hydration. And they're already tired and they're losing focus because they're coming to the end of the shift and they're thinking about going home to see the friends and families and so forth. There's a whole sequence of events there that leads to a potential area of major distraction where they might not be concentrating as much as they would have done towards the middle and beginning of their shift. Yeah, and this leads into something that I want to sort of mention here. Um, You know, we have done bits of safety stuff in, in regards to psychology and human factors in the past as well. And what we've also always felt passionate about, and I still fundamentally stand by this, is a lot of people think that safety breaches and safety incidents, certainly of a, 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 a significant nature, happen when people are under too much stress and duress, mm. right? Because the levels of pressure and anxiety and everything cause people to, you know, to go in a state where they find motor skills reduced, they they become tunnel visioned, they get anxious and shaky, or whatever it might be. However, I've always maintained that uh, the biggest, um, you know, aspect on safety and where safety breaches happen is through compla- the total opposite, through compla- complacency. Complacency. Sure. When, if you look at most of the stuff that I've analysed around the big, and we've had a few in this area over the last few years, the big safety uh, things that have happened, 
Um, they've happened in situations where people have been doing it in complete relaxation and they've done the same task and activity a million times, mm. but through a lack of concentration, through that lack of focus, through that boredom, that relaxation, whatever it might be, that's mm. when you've taken your eye off the ball. Not, right. not when you're 200 feet high on a wind turbine strapped in, in gale force winds. Mm. It, you could argue your attention is more than, you know, is more focused than ever at that point. Sure. Or if you're working in the rail industry on a really busy rail track, you know, your focus is going to be on, but it's walking across the yard when you get back home through forklift trucks where you're probably talking to your, to your mate around what you did last night or what you had for tea last night, where arguably you're at the biggest risk of safety. So I've always maintained that, yes, safety breaches happen under duress and pressure in intense periods, but I don't think we place as much onus on the boredom, relaxation and complacency. And I, and I still maintain that that is the biggest risk to safety in all organisations. From what the work you've done, would you would you say that that correlates? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's not just my opinion that that would suggest that correlates. I think the evidence that I've seen from the feedback sheets that we've done with the guys so far would say the same thing as well. You know, they would say that their biggest blind spot is when they are bored and feeling complacent, when they're carrying out the same thing over and over. Like you said, they've done it a million times because you don't need to be as focused. You're almost on automatic pilot. So you're kind of almost unaware of of your bodily actions and what your brain's doing because it's done it so many times. Mm. I mean, you know, consider this: the amount of times that you've driven to to this office from your from your house. Think about all the things you think about on the journey when you're not thinking about the traffic. Yeah, you're not thinking about other road users. You're not thinking about anything, and all of a sudden, you remember setting off and you remember getting here, but sometimes you don't actually remember the journey. No. Whereas when you took your driving test. 20, 30 years ago, you were absolutely zoned in on, on every minute detail, right. you know, um, yeah, and that's it. Yeah. And, and, how, and how dangerous could that be potentially? Because you know you're driving safely, you know it, but actually, are you? Yeah, probably not. Because you're distracted and thinking yeah. about what's going on in the office and doing podcasts and, and, we, and we've new talk, business and, and so And we've forth. spoken to people in the MOD, in the construction industry, in the rail industry. Uh, we've worked with lots of manufacturers, Um you know, modular building manufacturers, caravan manufacturers, etc., who will all say the same things. Most things happen when people are complacent or when yeah, people absolutely. are doing uh, mundane things on autopilot that they've done a million times. Um, and, and that's where we've really honed in on, on identifying mm. what are the activities and, and, and tasks. And, and don't forget, we've already done the print piece, so the personal profiling piece. So there are some people who are already wired to become complacent, sure. bored, and relaxed, like me and you. Yeah, me and absolutely. you are so. So me and you are far more programmed to be getting bored easily and becoming complacent than we are to become highly stressed and anxious. Sure. But there's other people we work with in this mm. organization who are the opposite. the opposite. They're more prone to become anxious and worried and stressed, sure. which then gives them a, a, a separate mm. sort of blind spot. Yeah. So but, yeah, it's, it's it's great work that we do. Um, and and I guess with a few minutes left, Dave. Um, we're now going out and we're getting interest from different industries about our human factors approach. Mm. I think it safety is, so my summary of it all, Dave, is this. Safety means different things to different people. You can't sit 20 people through an exact same content course without any personalization and get them to come out with the same value. You've got to get people to sit through the same process and the same modeling, but make it highly interpersonal. Allow them to understand who they are at a deeper level first, what their potential motivators and blind spots are, 
but allow them to drive the activities and tasks within their role that would constitute a blind spot for them. Mm. And then and only then are they going to go with, away with the self-awareness and the knowledge to to own and be accountable for those tasks and activities when they're doing them in the workplace. Sure. Um, any final comments for you on this, Dave? How have you, how have you found it all in the world of behavioral safety and human mm. factors? Is it interesting? Do you think there's more scope for organizations to be doing more? Well, I think I think the, the really interesting, I don't know, correlations or data or observations or, you know, whatever you want to call it, that have come out of this piece of work so far is that people are starting to string together their own series of events where things could potentially go wrong. And don't forget, we're only talking about potentially, not always. It doesn't always work like that. But if there's potential, that that's enough, right? Because if that potential takes place, it could mean, you know, catastrophic loss of life or, you know, a, a serious event. And an example of that, Dave, could be someone who's wired in a way who's like me, who's highly, highly intense and, and, uh, and irritable at times, right? No, really? So, so, you, so you, you, you get out late in the morning, um, you get cut up on the way to work. Yep, exactly. Traffic's been bad. Yep. You're late for your first meeting. Yep. You, you park up in, you're running the office. Uh, someone makes a flippant comment. So all these micro triggers, of events. all these might, what we call micro triggers yep. are building up in a person like me, who's already wired to yep. not deal with that very well. Yep. So then by the time I go out on the ship or I go out on the rail track, or I go out onto the shop floor mm-hmm. in the factory, I'm You're already behaving irrationally. I'm using already, negative language. I'm already in a, in a state that is uh, potentially going to induce a problem for me. So, yeah, I love that, taking them on their series of events, their journeys. Well, they build their own series of events, and, and it's, it's, quite, it's quite impressive um, that people can start to build this picture of where they potentially could lose a bit of focus. I love that. Dave, with 30 seconds left, I could talk to you all day, uh, but we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Dave. You're very welcome. Um, that's behavioral safety. If you want to get into contact with us about it, just contact us at help at trans2performance.com uh, and we can give you more details. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast.